Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Well, here we are, Mike. Live from the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, the first Milwaukee Paranormal Conference here at the See You on the Other Side booth slash Milwaukee Ghost booth slash Madison Ghost Walks booth. Yes, we're in the conference hall, and it's it's a very exciting place to be. There's uh, absolutely frenzy of activity here, and Allison just gave her speech and did very well. Yeah, I thought it was great. So there's a, a feeding frenzy of people at our booth coming and to it's meet a, her. it's a party at the booth, too. It it's Wendy, it's me, it's Lisa from Madison Ghost Walks. And we have a disco light. And we do have. We are the only booth with a disco light. But it's not my, my favorite booth right now is the one with the Sasquatch. That's right. I got to get a picture of that. Get a picture of the dude dressed as Bigfoot. Um, that's my personal favorite. So we will. Far. And we're going to try to get some other people on. So we'll be hanging out. We're hanging out here all day. We're going to collect people's stories. And, um, yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit about the conference and talk with some of the guests here. Because, you know, a lot of the guests here, Wendy, have already been guests on the See You on the Other Side podcast. I know. It's, we're sitting here in a booth and right across uh, from us at the other booth is And I'm Don looking at Schmitt. Don Schmidt's picture on my iPad right now. And like, you can look at him live in the flesh. And when I first walked in, I saw uh, Mark O'Connell. Yep, and he's talking right now, actually. Right, and um, T. Krulos also just stopped by the booth a short while ago. So, And he is the guy in, uh, who the idea was the whole thing of uh, this Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. T. Krulos, who talked to us about uh, real-life superheroes, but also... He's got a new book out called Monster Hunters. That's right. Where he goes along with guys who are hunting down cryptids. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so he'll, we'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a couple of words from T in a little bit. Yeah. So let's, uh, we'll, we'll check back in a short while. Yep, we're, we're right by the bar, too. So this is probably going to devolve right. as the day goes on. Did you plan that? Did you request the booth to be next? No, it's Quinlan's Pub. I didn't, but it's just about perfect, I know. It? When I walked in and saw that, I was like, well, that's quite convenient, isn't it? That's one thing is, like, you know you're at somewhere in Milwaukee when there's two bars in one small community center for a convention. <laughs> pretty amazing. I love it. All right. All right, we have our first guest of the day, and what's your name? I'm Justin. Justin, wonderful to meet you, and thank you nice for stopping you. by our booth. Thank so, you for coming. Yeah, this is exciting. So you have something interesting to tell us. Um, you want to know about a ghost story? Yeah, I'd love I to. I have one out of many. Um, my, friend's apartment in West, my friend's apartment in West Bend, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, we have noticed a couple of other paranormal happenings going on in that apartment. Really? And one particular night, um, me and him are sitting next to each other with an octagon kind of table between us, small little, you know, end table. Okay. And just watching TV, his girlfriend went up to the entertainment center and grabbed a uh, giant candle, lit the candle. Okay. And as soon as she put it back in the holder, mm-hmm. and for some reason I was transfixed on that candle. Okay. <laughs> I did have long hair at the time, and uh, the ghost that was in that area ran through my body. So you felt? I felt the whole presence and everything. Just like wow. you know, if you're laying still, uh-huh. you can still feel everything around you. Yeah. All that was taken away for about a second. Whoa. I learned about the ghost. Really? She was a 19-year-old girl who oh, died yeah. of a disease oh. back in the pioneer days. Sad. And she was still buried there. 
on that property. On that property. Wow. So she was still roaming around the whole apartment complex. Oh my god. Doing things around the, everywhere. So was she a friendly ghost or? She was friendly. She, she was friendly. She wasn't mean or nothing about uh -huh. it. Um. Then the next night after that, I'm the only one that's up. Uh huh. And I got to finally see her as an apparition. Oh wow. You know, like the edge of a doily. Yep. Oh, it's got that ruffle edge, mm -hmm. like a lace edge. Is that around her collar? Oh, like an old-fashioned kind of... Yep. I got to see the buttons that go all the way down her dress. Wow. Then I got to see that lace border again at the bottom of her feet. Sorry, I keep No, using. no problem. And I saw a lace border around her feet. Wow, okay. And that's all I got to see so was that outline. So standing somewhere? Or? She's just standing there. That's watching me. She was looking at you? Yeah. Oh, man, that gives, that, that's goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that, that's a pretty incredible well, she, story. She picked me out of all three of us to... To show herself or show say hello to? run through my body and Yeah, stuff. wow, you must have some kind of open mind, you know. I do have an open mind about it. I've always have. That's cool. And I've just... Always had a kind of like a sense towards that kind of thing. That's really cool. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Thank you for inviting me in. Yeah, maybe we can talk to you again and get some more, hear some more about the other things oh, that yeah. you've seen. I got plenty. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Hi, Malia. Hi, nice to meet you. Yep, welcome to the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference and see you on the other side podcast. And we hear that you have a, a weird story for us. What's that? It's terrifying, actually. Um... I, I uh, was living in Hawaii at the time, but my mom's from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, and that's where I grew up. Okay, that's where we do our recording in Menominee yep. Falls. Oh, so, do you really? Yeah, there's a, awesome. there's a recording studio there, so we know it very well. Cherry Pit, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. No, we know Eric. Okay, so you're a musician, too. Yep. I am, yep. too. Awesome. Okay, anyways, moving on. Um, I came home in the summer, and um, I was just on vacation, because like I said, I was living in Honolulu at the time. Oh, that sounds good. And my... Uh, just a little backstory. About three years prior, my twin sister was murdered. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So thank you, but it, this was about a decade ago now. So, but three years prior, we were dealing with that. So I come home, and in her honor, my mom and dad built a studio. I'm a musician and a dancer. My dad was a musician. We had our family production, so he built this gorgeous studio: hardwood floors, vaulted ceilings, picture windows. Looks out into about two acres of land in the forest. So I was hanging out with this really eccentric guy who now just so happens to be the son of my 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 child, my or the father of my son, I should say. <laughs> and so anyways, he comes over. We're just friends at the time. He brings a bottle of wine. He drinks. I don't. There's no, no drugs, nothing involved. Sure. I'm actually practicing for one of my sets in Menominee Falls, so I'm playing guitar. And um, as I'm playing guitar, it just so happened I was learning how to play Don't Fear the Reaper, which I'm sure Classic. you're totally familiar with. No, Classic. Call. And it was in honor of my sister. Well, he ended up falling asleep after me, but I was strumming my guitar, playing Don't Fear the Reaper. I put my guitar on my guitar stand next to the bed. I fall asleep. I wake up to hearing Don't Fear the Reaper acoustically, and I knew it was my guitar right away. I knew my guitar was playing. And so I hopped up and just sat upright in bed, and there's a hallway that I was staring at, and the, the studio has 14-foot vault, uh, vaulted ceilings. Okay. So I look at the hallway, and there is a giant black mass, like literally about as tall as the ceiling. So really tall and really wide. It didn't look like a person. It was a column. It was almost like just a big black column, totally okay. black. Okay. Um, I, and I, I look at it, and 
as I'm looking at it, the acoustic guitar starts playing faster. It's literally playing the lick from Don't Fear the Reaper. Holy cow. And um, it's this black mass all of a sudden comes right up to me, like in an instant. Like it just went yeah. from there to there. And that's about 20 feet away from me. And it grabbed me by the jaw in inside my mouth, put its hands inside my mouth, and pulled me by my jaw on the floor, across the wooden floor Holy on my crap. knees. And I'm not Christian, okay? I'm not Christian. Sure. I'm a believer of things, but I'm not Christian. Whatever. Much love to all the Christians out there. But the first thing I screamed was, Jesus Christ! <laughs> of and I snapped awake, and I woke up, and I was terrified. And I, I didn't know it was a dream, because it was right there. It was like real time, you know? And when I woke up, I thought it was over, but it wasn't. Don't Fear the Reaper was playing double time. So it was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was like terrified and this time I look at the foot of the bed and the black thing is at the foot of the bed and it comes right on my chest and it I swear to God it lifts me up by the ankle to the ceiling and I was looking down at the bed and the Hang, hanging you upside down hanging me upside down by my ankle and I was reaching towards the face of my son's father who was not we were just friends at the time right, right. and I was screaming and I woke up to the cell phone ringing and it was literally like I think it was like 3.13 in the morning or something and I was so terrified I couldn't even speak I was just like uh, 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 uh. and then I finally managed to utter I said answer your phone and I don't know why I want him to answer but I want him to answer it so he answers his phone and I and I'm just totally beside myself he gets he goes oh this is awful that's awful I'm so sorry to hear that's terrible it's awful terrible he gets off the phone. I said, what? What? Who was that? And he goes, well, it was one of my best friends from Madison. Uh, their mother just died. A really brutal death. And I said to him, I said, you have no idea. If you weren't here right now, I, honest to God, think that I wouldn't be, I would be frightened to death right now. I would be dead. Sure. And he's, he didn't understand the gravity of what I was saying. Right, of the dream. So I stayed awake the whole night. And um, two weeks later, my dad died of an aneurysm in my arms while I was practicing my guitar. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's a, that's a brutal and scary story. It's brutal, but it's totally true. <laughs> well, where can people hear your music? Give a little plug. Um, well, okay, uh, they can hear my music throughout uh, the greater Milwaukee area. I play at a lot of casinos. My band is Ocean Rush. We do a lot of reggae, Hawaiian, Hawaiian, jazz, pop, rock, blues, you name it, we do it. We're anywhere from a duo to a seven-piece band. We play at the Twisted Willow. Sometimes we play at, um, at um, I forget that, uh, Packing House on the south side. We're everywhere. Okay, yeah. cool. So see Ocean Rush. And Malia, she might have a scary story for you. Yeah. And we have another story for you folks. What's your name? Vicky. Vicky. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet so you. So you have something unusual to tell us, I hear. Yes. Uh, we had a, a very strange occurrence in our house. The house is, was built in 1934. Wow. Um, it was a, a whole street before all the houses were built on the street. This house owned all that land, and um, I suppose they had slaves, or we'll call them slaves, people that worked there because they had orchards and a farm and stuff. Okay. Well, um, 
a couple, there's always been some strange things happening in the house, like shadows. I practice the piano, and I always see shadows, and I turn, and oh, there's wow. nothing there. That's weird. And that, and it's, you know, freaked me out. And yeah. I kind of, I never really said anything. And then um, my son kept waking up in the night, and he's not a little child. He was, he was 16. Okay. And... So his stories were real, and he said, um, something weird happened. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I was woken up last night and the night before and the night before that, and I'm kind of afraid to go to sleep. And I said, what happened? And he said he was woke up to this music that was um, like real from... And we looked it up after he told me the name of the song. And you know what? It's, I can't remember the name of it right now. So an actual, like oh, a song. Oh, I think it was Let Me Call You Sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. And like an old-timey. Yes. And when we looked up the song on the Internet the next morning, if, um, it was uh, sung by this woman in 1934. Oh, goodness. So I said, well, what do you mean This you heard this song? And he said, well, it sounded like... Uh, a, a, an old recording on a phonograph with this woman singing. Wow. And when I woke up and I looked all around, I turned on the lights, I saw nothing. And so then uh, I went back I, to sleep. <laughs> I know. Well, it happened three nights in a row. So that was before he told me. So when wow. we looked it up on the internet, and then I tried to find the recording that he heard. And when he heard it, he said, That's, That's it? it? Wow. And I go, oh my gosh, that's so weird. And I go, when was that written? And it said 1934, this woman sang it. And when was this house built? 1934. So then wow. I got curious, and our neighbor across the street is like 95. Okay. So we went and asked him about who used to live in this house and stuff. And he just was naming some people. And he goes, oh, yeah, but um, I think the, uh, the woman... There, well, there was a, a girlfriend of the woman that lived there, and she was kind of hiding that she had, you know, gay feelings. Oh, or whatever. And okay. those days, it was really, yeah. like, really taboo. taboo. <laughs> so um, somebody, her son, I think, killed her in that house. That's terrible. Yeah, and so I go, ooh, I don't want to live here anymore. Oh, but no we, you know, oh, wow. He said, well, we don't even know if that's really true. But then I it's, thought, that was probably that lady singing that yeah, song. Yeah, that could very well be. Oh, my gosh. So we wow. said, well, at least it's a nice spirit. She plays music. Yeah, and, I was going to say, when you said the piano yeah, thing. and We're it's a like, musical family, so. Well, that's good. At least you have, have a, a friendly um, yeah. musician. I, I'd like to, well, okay, I won't say I want to have a musician ghost, but, but yeah. if I'm going to have a ghost... <laughs> Let's, let's have it be one that yeah. likes to party yeah, and sing. Yeah, so they can play some music and we can dance around. That's right. But um, I don't know, it happened a few more times after that. And then, well, now he's 18 and he's always out. So, I don't <laughs> know, he probably songs up before he hears yeah. it. Wow. Well, that's a that's a wonderful story. Thanks for sharing it. That's, that's so interesting and, like, neat that you guys got to have that experience and it wasn't you know a scary, scary one. right yeah. exactly thanks Wendy thank you have a great time at the conference thanks. and this is fun because we're with Haley Hudson yeah and Haley's from McQuanago so she is from the old hometown now Haley we're taking your weirdest experiences here and I know you're, you're weird because you're from McQuanago yeah uh, <laughs> so what what's yours um, my weirdest experiences would be like a week of, uh, I want to call it just agony. <laughs> okay. Um, from 
it was a really stressful time in my life, and I think it was just a lot of things at once, but for some reason, I started to notice some weird kind of paranormal stuff in my bedroom. Okay. So, yeah, it started out with, like, my cat freaking out, darting around the room, trying to catch something, and there was, like, no dust or anything, I swear to God. And I laid down for bed. I was trying to get him to calm down, and I felt something touch my wrist coming from the backside of my bed. Okay. There should be nothing. No air conditioner, that, no anything. And, and so, you, so you felt the weird presence. Oh yeah. Okay, and let's keep going. Over the next, um, probably the next week, maybe maybe it lasted for two weeks. I don't even remember. It just got more pressing, and I could feel something like my skin buzzing all the time, and it would be like something was always with me. And uh, actually, house sat for somebody for their three cats, and I felt like I was going to be pretty good there. I had been there all the time. It was a pretty familiar place, and I just would feel something like out of nowhere. Like a present. Yes, yeah, sitting on the sofa with me. Like you could feel the pressure against your skin or the pressure as if someone had sat down, and there was clearly nothing there, no cat or anyone. Okay, so. Do you think it was associated? I mean, did it ever manifest itself, like, visually? Did you ever see anything? Or was it just that constant, like, a imp following you around? It probably doesn't make sense, but visually, I guess I felt like I would walk out um, anywhere, whether it's in the dark or in the light, and it would kind of be like, if you've ever been standing up for too long and you get a little woozy and you get that sure. weird, like the air is spinning even though you can't see it. I would see that occasionally whenever I was, I guess, feeling like this presence was around more. Okay, awesome. Okay, so you, you, felt, now, you, you felt like it was a real stressful time in your life that brought this on. What kind of took it off? You know, did it disappear? Was it all at once? Was it just like one day it was gone? I think I just had to try to mentally find a way to block myself from it and not pay attention to it, not give it any kind of attention. Even if it was like, at one time, like I felt something was pulling my hair or trying to um, prick me with a needle, and I just would not look over, acknowledge it, do my best not to flinch. And I don't know if it got bored or. Kinda, <laughs> so eventually the presence just left. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a good... I mean, they say that when you are in a stressful situation and when you're feeling, um, you know, when you're, you're pushing yourself to the limit, that might be when you're the most susceptible. Right. I think that's really true because I, I have not experienced anything quite like that. I've seen some smaller things and stuff like that um, since then because that was um, probably two years ago. Okay. But at that time, they're definitely... Was nothing else anywhere near that stressful in my life up until that point. Well, let that be a lesson to everybody. <laughs> you know, if you're feeling stressed out or you're freaking out, it may be time to just relax because you never know when that monkey on your back's actually going to be on your back. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Haley. Thanks. All right, and we're saying hello to one of our old friends here, and that is Lisa Van Buskirk from Madison Ghost Walks. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Mike. How are you at this fabulous <laughs> conference? I'm great. Thank you for uh, helping us work the conference today and being part of everything. And uh, you can see Lisa um, this month on Ju uh, June 12th and the 19th 
MadisonGhostWalks.com. Make sure you come say hi, and she will show you a good time. For a good time, call Lisa. Yes, for a good time, call me with a little bit of spookiness and haunting right in the middle there. That's what we like. That's what we like. All right. So, Lisa, we're taking today, we're talking about the weirdest things that have happened to you or weird stories. And um, you got one for us? I do. When I actually do my ghost walks, when we have a couple of the long stretches of walking, I chat with the people and say, do you have a ghost story? And 95% of the time, someone has one. So if they don't, I offer mine. And this is my best ghost story awesome. ever. I don't think I know this story. So I'm going to hear I'm gonna, I hear the first time along with the audience. Well, let's see. I'm originally from Michigan. So like a long, long time ago when I lived there, I lived in a town called Saginaw. It's a pretty downtrodden town. And uh, when I was there, I had a girlfriend there, and she had a couple very tragic family deaths. Mm. Her brother, unfortunately, shot himself. He was um, a very mentally ill person. And after that, her mom went to work in a group home. And while her lovely mother was working in a group home, she got brutally murdered there. Holy Jeez. Yeah. So, all right, so I didn't know this when I first met my friend who will call Mary. Okay. A very, very nice woman. And then um, when I got to know her more, I learned more and more about this. And she would just be what I would call a boring computer mainframe operator. Not anyone who would, I would pick out in this conference right now. I would say she would not come here. Not that type. Sure. Strange crap happened around her all the time. One time she called me and uh, she said, you know, my bathroom door broke last night and I was sliding glass door on the tub. I'm like, how did that happen? She said, you know, I heard it in the middle of the night. I'm like, did the dog do it? She goes, no, I locked the bathroom up to keep the dog out. It wasn't pulled out, so the glass just shattered. Mm. Just stuff like that. But one night she was at my house. I had this really cool loft apartment in a very dangerous city. They're cheap there. <laughs> And at the time, I had quite a collection of fire trucks, and one of them was remote control. So she's over, and then in the middle of the night, this fire truck siren started going off and lights, and it had never done that before. I had it for like a year. So I'm like, oh my God, and she's like, oh my God. And I look at her, and her brother's name was Mark, and I go, it's Mark. I know it's Mark. Tell me he can play with my trucks whenever he wants, but not now. And it was like truly terrifying. Like I said, I had that toy forever. I've had it since then. And it's never done that. Never done that. And we both were like, neither one moved like to go down from the upstairs all night. It was just, that's my weirdest story ever. Oh, that's a good one though. I mean, and and it's obviously, I mean, she had a couple of people in her life meet a tragic end. And so maybe those people were trying to get in touch with her. Yeah, there is no doubt in my mind that she often often had very clear dreams with her mother in it. And every now and then, I would always say her brother was a mischievous one. He would do stuff like that. Not as bad as that, but and it was mostly very friendly. You know, it wasn't anything to be scared of. And after a while, be like, oh, it's your mom again, or it's your brother. And like I said, she is not a person that would be at this conference. Sure. Oh, and weird stuff. That's a good one, Lisa. It was a good one, yeah. Well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for bringing that. And also, don't forget, you can meet Lisa in person, madisonghostwalks.com, a couple times this month, and definitely through July and the Halloween season. And we'll see you next time. Yep. 
All right, we have our first group story. More than one person that are going to tell us a tale. And what are your names? Jackie Taylor. And Shannon Taylor. All right, Jackie and Shannon, thank you for stopping by the See You on the Other Side booth here at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. And what would you like to share with us today? Uh, well, we have a story about uh, one of our paranormal investigations at a graveyard near Papa Grove, Illinois. Okay. It was where we first start, received our first EVP. Oh, wow. Well, one of our really good EVPs, I should say. Very clear. Uh, she was walking through the graveyard all by herself. Well, um, brave lady. <laughs> yeah. And, well, the rest of us were kind of not within not within 100 uh, what, 100 feet? Probably not even from you. I just walked into the graveyard and hadn't even identified myself or where we were, what time it was. So he was about 50 to 100 feet behind me, and I heard him take a picture, and then he said, holy cow, we got to come back here and do more in-depth. And at that time, I was carrying my recorder, which was on, and it picked up a voice that I didn't hear at the time that you could hear when we listened to it later you could hear my feet crunching and uh, the leaves because it was late October and we listened to it in the car and it said here I am he killed me oh my god what yeah, it, it was oh, okay. yeah. goosebumps it was again actually, it was actually uh, very I mean you like clear, easily clear it wasn't like clear. a questionable because a lot of times those things come through and it's like did they yeah, really it, say it I mean yeah exactly and we had people questioning us we had a friend that is uh musician who has his own recording studio so he was able to pull out the highs and the lows so you could tell if this was a mixture of a bunch of different sounds coming together to sound like a voice you'd know it immediately yeah well he pulled it apart and he's a catholic and he's you know just oh he's very much a skeptic yeah okay he's like no way Um, (laughs) that's a good person to have analyzed yeah (laughs) so he pulls it apart and he says i don't know what kind of trick you guys are pulling and whether it was jackie saying something but these are not multiple noises coming together to say this but there's a voice there wow yeah so i mean it was Ooh, it was man. clearly here i am he killed me and it, and it kind of faded down into he killed me he killed me and it was like i said it was in the middle of a graveyard so it was wow yeah. so it's not unlikely that there could possibly be a presence of no it's that... like in, he slowed it down he did a recording of you know slowing the voice down uh-huh so you could really hear it's like here i am he killed me. He killed me. That is, and it gets lower and lower and lower. Oh my goodness! Oh. Yeah, we got in this, in this graveyard itself too. We got some really good pictures too. I mean, we got um, uh, some uh, gravestones like in the distance, and then there was one that uh, right next to the gravestone was like a, like it was almost like I would explain it as like hell opened up a, a hole, and there was flames coming out of the ground. I've got a picture of this. It's so really you, cool. But it, it wasn't, you didn't see that live. It was no. after no, it was you just looked a, it at was the just picture. on a photograph. And wow, that man. is the same time that he clicked that photo because we were watching it on our recorder in our time that I took the EVP. That oh, I got the EVP. okay. So, so like something like that, that at that point in time was happening. It looks like a campfire just all of a sudden lit up right by the wow. tombstone. I And we've looked at different types of photography and shutter speed and so on and so forth. There's no explanation for that. Unbelievable. Well, we love those unexplainable things. They're they're fascinating and they're um, spooky. Yeah. <laughs> and they give me goosebumps. Like I just had. I, it's like every person I've interviewed, I've gotten like the wicked goosebumps. <laughs> 
yeah. so many great stories. Thank you guys for sharing that with us. Oh, I, hope, I hope you... Uh, Thank you. And we're, uh, oh, if I may plug it, we're oh, State Line Paranormal Investigation, so it's SPY, so yeah. Okay. Is that, uh, you have a website or... Uh, no, not anymore we don't. We actually, because oh, okay. uh, my current job takes away gotcha. too much time being a correctional officer so i see yeah we, well, hopefully, uh, we used to but hopefully uh, again yeah. someday you'll you'll be able to yeah we'll get probably out there. get one again this is our step back into it so very yeah. cool very cool well thanks for stopping by and you guys have oh, a have a great time you. at the conference okay this is lisa i get to do an interview with nikki who i met earlier she had to get a couple oh, a couple glasses of courage up but she's got a ghost story for us I have a ghost story. It might not be a ghost, but it's a mystery. Oh, we like them too. Yes. So I shall begin? Why don't you begin? Okay. Um, so this, uh, this occurred at my grandma's house um, in probably about 2011. Um, I was living with roommates at the time, and they were a little bit dirty for me, so I decided to go live with my grandma. She's got an old Milwaukee bungalow. And my grandma is, she was born in 1930. Uh, she lives on the downstairs portion. So I was moving upstairs into the upstairs portion. It's kind of like an attic, you know, the layout of it, the Milwaukee bungalows. Um, it's like an attic, but there's no kitchen and there's no bathroom. Okay. So it's three bedrooms. and. Um, I guess I could give a little history about it. I, I would always visit my grandmother as a kid. We stayed over there quite a lot. Um, and the upstairs was mostly unused. She would stay, my grandma uh, lives on the bottom portion. I moved into the house. And honestly, this is just the most unexplained, like weirdest thing that ever happened to me. I was up there, it was about two or three weeks after I moved in. Um, I was in my bedroom and I had a friend over and we were just talking, we were just having a conversation in the corner of the room and I looked to my left, I just turned my head and something caught my eye and it was a black mark on the wall, it was like a white wall. So it was just a black mark, and it, I didn't have much in that room. That's why it caught my eye. And I've told this story so many times. It's been many years. So, um, and it was, like, in the shape of a handprint. And it was, like, the size of my, in total, it was the size of my palm. So if it was a handprint, it would be, like, an infant handprint. And it was very kind of skeletal. But at the same time, it was very accurate to what a handprint looks like. Um, just like with the finger digits, with the segments, and just with the bone structure. And I do have a photo of it. Um, so did you ever notice this handprint before? I didn't spend a lot of time. No, nothing like this ever happened before. Did the handprint stay around on the wall? I'm sorry? Did the handprint stay around on the wall? It is still around. Um, I had an, It's there, but it's faded now. And I've asked my aunts about it. It's almost like somebody scrubbed it. So it's still there, but it's not as dark as it was. It looked like it was made of soot. Um, 
but now it's like faded. And I'm just thinking, how did it get there? Because I understand coincidences do happen. People see like the Virgin Mary on a piece of toast and sometimes bread just comes out looking that way. But in this experience, it's just that it wasn't there before. And that's the part that's weird because when I saw it, it was about two or three weeks after I had originally moved in. And I, I, I don't know, understand why I wouldn't have seen it if it was there. Because I remember, uh, I actually have a memory of situating my pillows at the foot of the bed. It was actually right above my bed, which I didn't say before. I And it was like right above where my head would be when I sleep at night. So... So it, it just magically appeared there one day. All right, and then what happened with your head? We're talking. All right. I've had many experiences. They're very terrifying. Google it if you don't know. But sleep paralysis, you're frozen, you can't move, and you have hallucinate. You see things. So what happened in this experience is I had a thought that... What if I made this a pleasant experience instead of a terrifying experience? And this is when I was sleeping underneath the handprint. At first, I didn't. I slept in the other room. One night I came home, I had been drinking, and I was brave because I had been drinking, so I was like, screw it, I'm gonna sleep under the handprint tonight. Had a girl. So from then on, I did. So this is an interesting experience to note. There's no scientific, um, actual explanation. I decided at a moment, I woke up in sleep paralysis, I couldn't move from a dream, and I'm laying there, and I thought to myself, what if I make this a good experience? So as I had that thought, I had the most euphoria I've ever experienced just wash over me from head to toe, and I heard some female whispering behind me, as if they were trying not to disturb me. I wasn't threatened by them at all. Just like two females having a lighthearted whispering conversation. And then uh, I, was, I, heard, I felt a handprint, or not a handprint, I was underneath the handprint. I felt a hand touch my head and start to stroke and give me a head massage. And I was right be, beneath the handprint. So that was an... So you did make a scary experience, a very nice one eventually. Right. That's nice. I like the ending yes. of that one. Good job. Yes. All right, so I just met, what's your name? Maria. Maria here, she had a very interesting study in the women's bathroom. So what did you find in the women's bathroom? I found a big foot. And <laughs> no, I, um, I found a big foot. The Bigfoot Monster was in the women's bathroom at the Milwaukee Paranormal yeah. Conference. Very frightening, wasn't it? It was It was terrifying, actually. I, I had to, to pee, and uh, I'm standing behind Bigfoot. And it's got very large blue eyes. And, um, Evidently, Bigfoot is a she. It was a she. It was definitely a she. Nothing like seeing the Bigfoot coming through the stall next to you while you're peeing. That would be quite a sight. Well, now we learned something in the Paranormal Conference. Thank you very much. All right, this is a special treat. 
because we have with us uh, Chris Cotterba, who is also from McQuanago, Wisconsin. Went to high school together. Nice to see you again, Chris. Good to see you too, man. And a fine, fine guitar player. And um, anyway, he is here representing the Zombie Squad organization at the Correct. conference. Let's hear a little bit about it. Well, Zombie Squad is a, uh, is a group that was started in St. Louis with uh, a group of people watching zombie movies in a bar and said, that's not how you survive a zombie apocalypse. This is how you survive a zombie apocalypse. And uh, it grew into um, the, the organization it is today. We are a 501c3 uh, charity organization uh, dedicated to help educating people on becoming prepared for any sort of natural disaster like floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, zombies, robots, aliens, whatever happens. <laughs> you know. Yeah, the regular. Yeah, so um, we just got a chapter in Milwaukee started last year. Prior to that, I was working with the one in Chicago. All so. right, cool. So um, if you want to learn more about disaster preparedness, make sure you check out what's the website? Uh, it is uh, zombiehunters.org. That's got all the information on it, uh, including local chapters in your neighborhood. Awesome. So check out zombiehunters.org. And now Chris is going to tell us a little bit about a weird experience that he had. Oh, yes. Well, uh, I lived uh, in McGuanago for a while in a, in a, above a restaurant that's well-known to be haunted. And uh, the, one of the most memorable ones was um, shortly after a local radio station held a seance downstairs. Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah, it was glorious. I was working second shift at the time. And, uh, like... Normally, you'll get stuff like doors will be open, lights will be on when you're down in the parking lot, and they'll be off by the time you get upstairs. Um, but uh, when I was, after that seance, uh, I heard knocking start at my front door, and I figured that someone was just ask, you know, looking for some information or whatever. So sure. I went there, and there was no one there. And then there was knocking on my bedroom door and on the bathroom door, and it kind of slowly worked its way around the apartment, knocking on all the flat surfaces like the walls the windows the doors just kind of circling the whole room oh man it was it was ridiculous is what that was <laughs> and uh but it's for the most part the, the the spirits that are up there they're not really mean or anything they just get bored sure so they just screw around with you every once yeah. in a while okay that's interesting so, no was that the um in the olden days, was yep. that the restaurant? Okay. Yep. In the olden days, it's called Fork in the Road now, I think. That's right. It's called Fork in the Road. And I, I believe there was a fire there yes. not too long ago. And somebody, did somebody die? I don't know. I heard uh, I heard there was an injury, but I didn't know if it was fatal or not. That actually, that fire, as I drove by there uh, shortly after it happened, that fire took out my bedroom. Uh, oh, wow. Because my bedroom was on that wall. It started in, there's two apartments up there. There's an efficiency, and then there's a full two sure, I knew one of, one of the other guys. Didn't Landon Mantle there Landon, forever? Yeah. yeah, Landon's a great guy. Yep, yep, yep. Landon, uh, Landon moved in with me there, and then uh, uh, when he split, I had to find a replace to too. So. Okay. okay. But, um, so, yeah, it's it's a very active place. I mean, if you're into, into like ghost hunting, that's a place to check out. Fork in the Road in McQuanago. Thanks a lot, Chris. Good luck with the zombie squad. Thanks, Mike. We're with Chris Don Harris from The Rundown Live. All right, where can people find The Rundown Live and what are you guys all about? Well, uh, we're, we're an alternative news and talk radio show. Uh, we do 
news that uh, you know other people refuse to report. You can find that on the rundownlive.com. We cover many different topics, and we have a talk radio show Monday through Friday where we have everything from high-profile guests to activists on the ground who are just trying to make a difference in the community. We cover all sorts of topics, including uh, ancient history. Um, you know, just now. Now you told me about something interesting today, and it's something we don't think a lot about. And then I, and that's giants. Give me a little run to like, how did you get introduced to the term of giants? Well, you know, one day a few years back, maybe four or five years ago, I was searching through the Library of Congress, and I actually located thousands of documents, well, about a thousand documents of uh, Indian effigy mounds or giant human skeletons being unearthed. And normally they wouldn't be by themselves, they'd be in pairs, or there'd be, you know, something unique, double rows of teeth, extra fingers, giant utensils found in the area. And the credible uh, institutions like the Smithsonian, universities, and real professors that you can tie back that were alive at that time. But the problem is a lot of the information has gone missing, I guess. And a lot of people call it a giant cover-up. Um, the you know, giant cover-up. Yeah, I know. A little funny there, a little joke. But uh, it's, it's a passion of mine. Uh, I've been working with a lot of different people behind the scenes. I've talked with Jim Vieira, who does a history channel. Uh, L.A. Marzulli uh, has an interesting point of view. Oh, yeah, we just talked about L.A. Marzulli in the last podcast. Interesting. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, Ellie's a nice guy. He has an interesting point of view, especially when it comes to disclosure, because they kind of go hand in hand. A lot of people believe the giants are the result of ancient aliens mating with humans. So Okay. Awesome. And that's what the Book of Enoch says. So that depends on who you so what's So did you ever find about any like giant stuff in Wisconsin? Yeah, actually, um, that's how I found out about all this. I found a Wisconsin uh, giant in West Bend that was 9 to 10 feet tall on Earth. You can find them in Madison. Uh, Delavan Mounds. Okay, yeah. Near Delavan. Beloit. Uh, they actually had a 9-foot... Like nine foot six tall skeleton, I believe, in a museum for a while. Yeah, I mean, Delavan had a really great basketball team. Yeah, and, and all those things went missing. So they're in uh, the museum says the skeleton was never there. So you know, who knows? Uh, it, it's an interesting subject. I'm kind of curious on what these skeletons really were. Uh, you know, you had the Smithsonian Institute at a lot of these places. Incredible people like in Wisconsin is P.R. Hoy. They even named a fish after him. And he opened up a lot of these Indian effigy burial mounds. And a lot of time, the giants were found in Indian burial mounds, 9, 10, 11, 12, sometimes 15 feet tall across the nation. Now, whether or not those are the actual sizes, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I'm interested because there's a lot of evidence to support the theory that there's a giant race of human beings once. Fantastic. And if people are interested in hearing your perspective, Kristen, where can they find you again? You can find us Monday through Friday live at therundownlive.com or you can download the app to your cell phone or it's free. Check it out, therundownlive.com. Awesome. We'll talk to you again. It's Wendy again, and I'm back with a special guest here, Monica. Thank you for joining. See you on the other side at our booth. And yeah. I'm excited because you have a story that's something different from what we've heard, or at least from what I've heard today. And you have a story about... It's about the Ouija board. Oh, man, one of my favorite topics. Favorite because it scares me so much. Yeah, pretty spooky. Um, so, <laughs> well, I, the story starts, it, it happened a good while ago. Um, I was maybe 10 or so, and my brother, no, my brother would have been 7, so I would have been 11, actually. Okay. Um, there might be a year difference in there somewhere. At any rate, we were both young. We were 
probably too young to be messing around with a Ouija board. And is that um, always the case? Like, <laughs> what, what age is it appropriate to mess with a Ouija board? Yes, very good point. <laughs> but yeah, um, when you're that little. So <laughs> we, it was one of our favorite games because we had, uh, he and I had very good chemistry with the board. And yeah, the could, siblings. Um, really get the, the little marker, you know, <laughs> totally racing across the board. The, the planchette. Um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the correct terminology. Um, <laughs> so That's what we, the Parker Brothers instructions told me. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> the, the good old Parker Brothers model. Um, so we would sit in front of the fireplace in our living room and play this game for hours. And for the bulk of the time that we played it, you know, we could, our little premature imaginations could only come up with really simple questions to ask it. Um, you know, very many of them, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Uh, as per the board's instructions or whatever. <laughs> right. But as we started sort of warming up and the board seemed to warm up to us, we got um, a little more creative. We asked the board whether or not our house was haunted. Ooh. Of course, the... Um, Do you really want to know that? The big thing. We thought we wanted to know. Okay, that's <laughs> we fair. We thought we did. <laughs> um, so I, I think there was a little while where we didn't ask the questions the right way so okay. we were getting pretty um, you know pretty basic responses back and it turns out unfortunately that our house was not haunted oh. um, but we the, the Ouija board was kind of suggesting to us other other options oh. I can't remember how how it would put it but it was suggesting that there were other ways to ask a question so we kept asking it questions wow. about Oh well, is the next door neighbor's house on it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is uh, <laughs> you know, is are there ghosts in the neighbor? Like we, you know, we're trying to figure this out. Long story short, um, we were getting really into the game because the board really seemed to be taking wow. on a personality of its own. It wasn't like it was just responding, just like in the movies um, when bad just stuff happens. Like in the movies, only it was really fun um, <laughs> for a while, and. <laughs> So we finally were able to ask it some series of questions. I'm sorry that I can't remember exactly what, but what we found out that we didn't know being new residents to this neighborhood in Atlanta, Georgia, we had moved here from Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, was that um, there, there were ghosts in the neighborhood and that they came from, they were ghosts of uh, Civil War veterans that they came from oh, a, yeah. um, a a cemetery that had basically been forgotten that was in the middle of our neighborhood. So we're thinking, oh, oh wow, that's really random and creepy. Yeah, what a weird um, thing to find out. Really weird, and isn't it funny how the Ouija board can tell us such a you know kind of specific yeah, thing? Really, like we wouldn't have thought that up ourselves. How would your even your imagination? I mean, right. <laughs> So we decided that we were going to look for the cemetery. Of course. <laughs> so we asked the Ouija board oh, no. where the cemetery was, and it told us. And and there was a cemetery. There was oh, a... Oh, the goosebumps are back, everybody. A cemetery that oh, no. dated back to the Civil War that included the veterans of the Civil War. From... And, like... like Two blocks up from our house, sort of squeezed behind 
in this weird space behind some houses that wasn't exact. Well, obviously, it wasn't anybody's yard, but um, we had never seen that this thing before. It was really strange, and it was unmarked. Um, you know, totally overgrown. And I think that that is the point when we decided to retire the weed away um, for good. But you know, I I didn't think at the time to take pictures of yeah. these headstones or anything. That's I just knew that so I was scared that this board had figured out a way to tell us wow. some information, and we didn't know what and to it do. And it was—I mean, it's it, that's not the kind of thing. I mean, that's a fact. That's not like the kind of thing it's, that usually yeah. the Ouija board says, like, "Ooh, I'm a demon," and I. I was this person and so-and-so, but, like, this right. is a, a verifiable thing that you actually confirmed, and where on earth did that and come from? Yeah, it's not like, oh, how do we interpret the shadow or whatever? Right, it's, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that is so, quite a story, I have to say. I don't blame you for retiring the Ouija board after I that. I think it's spooky. I gave me goosebumps. <laughs> gave me goosebumps. So, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And Thanks for giving and, me the uh, opportunity. Yeah. Have a great time with the rest of the con. Thank you. <laughs> and, and we were hoping for a fight. Uh, when we came here to the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, and we and here come the guys from Blurry Photos. It's going to be a podcast brawl right over here. Yeah, no, we're fighting this hard swearing and screaming. <laughs> you know what I mean, McMahon. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, what you going to do with the strongest paranormal force? And you restrains all on you, brother. And when Blurry Photos borrows a Prius and drives 1.5 hours north of Chicago, brother, you know it's for real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, these guys, say, introduce yourself, please, gentlemen. Oh, I'm David Flora. And I'm Dave Stucco. And you can listen to them on the very entertaining podcast, Blurry Photos. Uh, you can find it at blurryphotos.org and on iTunes. The org makes it sound more intellectual, so you can tell your friends at coffee shops about it. <laughs> Dot com, it's so pedestrian. Right. Uh-huh. Completely. Only at the salon. We're not pornographers. It's dot org. <laughs> Fantastic. So how did you guys get into the paranormal? Um, oh, man. We, we were in an improv group together that briefly had a, a podcast, and there was a portion of it that, that David Flora was always in charge of, and he would say, hey, I, I want to talk about something kind of strange, and he would bring something up, and we'd go over it. And then uh, that, that whole thing kind of fell apart, but uh, David and I stayed in contact, and he was like, well, let's just, let's just do our own podcast where we just do weird stuff all the time, and we just do paranormal stuff. And so we, we had that discussion, and like all good discussions, we didn't let that sit for a cool nine months. <laughs> Right. Well, we just well, you did don't want our, to act too quickly. Right. Yeah, I don't want to right. seem uh, overly eager. Yeah, and what could happen in nine months? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> no one's lives could change. Nothing good. <laughs> so yeah, then yeah. for yeah, I mean, I've I've always been uh, interested in paranormal stuff. Back when I was growing up, when I was a kid, they had the monsters in my pocket, the the little rubber toys of they had like Springhill Jack and the Jersey Devil and. Uh, all all different kinds of cryptids. Of course, I didn't know what a cryptid was at the time. Sure, but, you but had it in your pocket. my but Catholic my priest pocket. told me what a monster in my pocket yeah, was. You don't have to know what it is to have it in your pocket. Exactly. So, whoa. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what got me started, you know. And then then there were like uh, there were <laughs> there were there were uh, you know books and stuff you'd read, and, and of course uh, Bermuda Triangle, things like that, and spooky stuff you didn't want to read, but you did anyway, and. I don't know, it just, just sort of stuck in the back of my crawl, and then when we started doing this podcast, um, 
and I would talk about the weird stuff. I was like, oh, that's that's a lot of fun. We should expand on it. And then Blurry Photos was born. Yep. Just cleaning out Dave Flora's craw every week. <laughs> Sounds good. So what's the weirdest thing that's happened to you guys? Uh, make it paranormal, not like... Okay. Not sexual. Joe Mescaline for three days in Ibiza. Um, yeah. I had uh, I had a dream once when I was in high school that like really fits the the like the mold for like an alien abduction dream where everything was hyper real. I don't remember the middle of it. I remember being paralyzed and kind of moving out of the room, and, um, which I I personally think was just a really scary dream, but it terrified me like no dream I've ever had I was having friends over and I think it was like my senior year like I was like an 18 year old guy and still almost crawled into bed with my friends I was so scared when I woke up from this dream didn't do it thankfully it's close it's right close you'd, have, you'd be hearing about that one for a yeah. few weeks like <laughs> that's the stuff that follows you dude Flora what about you well um, some of the stuff that's still in my crawl uh, when I was I think it was uh, four or five I remember I was sleeping. I went to sleep. I went to bed in the living room, which, you know, I had a bedroom. I could have gone, but I just kind of fell asleep on the couch. And I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't even know why, but I, I remember looking over, and there was this huge, like, shadow of uh, what I considered a giant, but it also, like, had a, 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 a small giant on its back. This is what was in my, my child mind. Sure. Time. Yeah. Uh, and I remember it walking from the front door into the kitchen. And it freaked me out, obviously. Uh, and, and then for some reason, I remember running into my, my parents' bedroom and like jumping on the bed and, you know, cowering. And then I woke up there the next morning. And when I went into the living room, my mom was sweeping up this debris from the ceiling like the ceiling had caved in right where I had seen this thing and she was sweeping in just like ah, the you know ceiling fell apart and then, yeah and sorry, I was like, Hoder showed up shadow person you know it's like I didn't know what but I was convinced something had gone through the house in the night and and had raised up and hit its head on the ceiling and awesome. I don't know yeah. go back to bed little David it was just a shadowy giant yeah. sweep 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 all right, so for more uh, paranormal discussion and comedy, people can visit Blurry Photos at... Blurryphotos.org. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's the end of the day, and we're here with the event organizer, the guy whose little idea turned into this massive, awesome event, and so many people were here having a great time. T. Krulos. Congratulations on your new book. Thank you. And you're wildly successful, I would say. I think is it premature to say that? Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's premature, and I know premature. And so I think that you can can say right now that this has been an awesome success. We met so many cool people here today. Yeah. So T, can you tell us tell us about your book a little bit first of all? Sure. Sure. Uh, Monster hunters on the trail with ghost hunters, bigfooters, ufologists, and other paranormal investigators. It came out this week. It's all about me uh, spending about 15 months meeting different uh, people who are researching the strange phenomenon. And uh, it's a book that's more about the people than the things that they are looking for. And cool. so that's kind of what inspired today. Great. Too. And we saw a lot of those people here at the various booths. Yeah, and, yeah um, it was great. You know, um, I had at least like three or four people who are speakers that are also featured in my book. 
Uh, awesome. Jim Sherman, Linda Godfrey, Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee. Cool. Uh, chapters of my book. So Yeah, the speakers today have been exceptional. I wish that I had more time to go in there, but I yeah. kind of been popping in and catching what I can. And I got to say, it was a really top-notch lineup you had. So It was good. It was a good mix of people, I think. Did you have any special memorable moments today or things that you... Um, it's kind of a blur. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Just, it was one of the most frantic days of my life. Yeah, um, I can imagine. I was running around just trying to do all sorts of odds and ends. But um, I, I could see that people here were, were, were really enthusiastic, really having a good time, and that, that makes me very, very happy. You know? Definitely. And, uh, you know, there was, there was small glitches here and there, like you'd have an event. Nothing that, like, destroyed the day, so... Well, I would say yes. that's that's a, definitely a thumbs up, if not actually two thumbs up. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, congratulations on... And if, if people are looking for Monster Hunters, like, where can they find that? Oh, yeah, Monster Hunters is, is widely available. You can find it at Amazon. You can find it at the, the big box stores. A lot of independent stores carry it as well. You know, I was really uh, grateful of People's Books Cooperative is a local store here in Milwaukee. They carry my book cool. and sold it here today. So it, it just uh, if you search, you can find it pretty easily. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to reading it and, and hearing about those people. And Bigfoot just delivered a beer to Teed. What a life. Bigfoot just delivered me a beer. Thanks, Teed. Great job today. Thank you, T. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Well, we hope you enjoyed that little taste of the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. Special thanks to our guest interviewer, Lisa Van Buskirk from Madison Ghost Walks. We'll be hearing from Lisa again soon. And also to Allison Jorlin from Milwaukee Ghosts for letting us know about the whole thing in the first place. Anyway, since we ran into the Sasquatch in Milwaukee, we were racking our brains for what that most absolutely appropriate song would be for that encounter in that city. So here it is. The Bigfoot Polka. See that guy across the floor, he needs a good barber. That hairy dude is desperate for a cute dancing partner. None of the girls ever give our her suit friend half a chance. The main problem is that his feet are just too big to dance. Oh, Bigfoot Sasquatch, Bumble Snowman. Is he a Well, we
listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.